Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members, and sometimes other friends of the ministry. Very excited to announce that you can attend Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We have two services, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. You may attend either. The usual COVID-19 protocols will apply and be in place. We'll also be live streaming our 9 a.m. service on hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And this week, Jesus Changes Everything, Part 4. It'll be from Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Yeah, this is an exciting week for us. Uh, we not just have been anticipating and waiting to get back together, but we've been praying about it. Uh, in fact, uh, we really feel like this is a an answer to very specific prayers uh, for this next step for us. We know that our island's been in a difficult season, and as a church, we care about people, we care about the situation, but we're also really feeling the weight and the need for our church family to be together. It's not that our church has stopped functioning. The church has continued to be the church, and we're caring for each other, but the opportunity for people to be face-to-face, fellowshipping individually is really such a powerful and important part of the body. So we're excited. In fact, our pastors, a couple of days ago when uh, information came out specifically about some things opening up on our island, our pastors were actually meeting and talking about this exact thing, like, boy, how long do we keep doing this? It's so critical. We've been praying. And in that meeting, then, one of the pastors had something pop up on their phone, which indicated that there might be some opening happening. And I don't know if there was shouting, but it was a pretty happy place as we started thinking about what this Sunday could be, you know, as uh, as our church gathers together again. So we're looking forward to that, and we'd invite anybody that's listening to come and join us at 9 and 11. We'll have information about making sure that we continue to have social distancing taking place and a, a number of measures in place that you can find out about on our website or also you can call in, but we want to make sure that people are careful. We're encouraging people that might be more vulnerable to maybe stay away, but we are excited about being back together. We're going to continue in our series on Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. This is part four of the series, Jesus Changes Everything. And last week, we overviewed a big section, 17 through 48. We're going to begin this Sunday coming back and taking some of the individual sections that have some really interesting conversations that Jesus was having. In this first section, which I think is a great place to start it, Jesus it gives his clearest teaching about the scriptures. So straight from Jesus' mouth, his words about the authority and the importance and the inspiration of the scriptures. So we're going to talk about that coming up this Sunday. We hope that you'll join us. There's some very practical applications of that to our lives and uh, how we live our lives. Well, I'm really glad to have Dr. Jeremy Robb with us in studio for a couple different reasons. Jeremy's and his family, his wife Rebecca, and they're, uh, well, six in their family. I'll let you tell us about that here in a minute. But not only are they important parts of our church family, but just recently Jeremy has was selected by our congregation to be a part of our deacon group. At Harvest, our deacons are elected by our church members. For a couple of years, we have a three-year time frame that our deacons serve. 
and they really care for our church family. They, they oversee some deacon watch care groups. They provide counsel for our pastors and for our church. It's just a very important role, and so we're thankful that God has brought Jeremy, and he's been open to that, and then our church family really affirmed this idea that this would be a good spot. So, Jeremy, well, first of all, welcome to Harvest Time. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your family. I know your wife, Rebecca, and your kids. Okay, sure. So, Rebecca and I have been married for 12 years, and uh, we have three children, ages from 7 to 10, and then we have three foster children as well, three siblings, and their ages are four, and then two of them are six-year-old twins. Well, we'll talk about this. You're a busy guy. I know your wife is busy. That's a busy family and, you know, awesome kids. What really was maybe the motivation to think about foster care? Well, my parents fostered and ultimately adopted when I was a teenager. Oh, great. Um, And so that had a a big influence on me. When we were at Harvest the first time, we were involved with Harvest House. We were very interested in supporting them and attended some different meetings. And we knew we wanted to foster at some point, Mm. but it was just sort of a gradual thing that we realized this was an area where we could serve now. And so we fostered two little girls. And then uh, when we came back to Guam, we knew we wanted to do it again. And the twins we have now actually, we were asked if we could foster them when we first arrived. And at the time, we didn't think that was a good idea. But then once we'd settled down a little bit and the offer came up again, we agreed to do that because we wanted to have siblings so we could try to keep them together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what we did. Okay. So you have two little girls, twin girls, and then... No, a boy and a girl, twins. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they're your younger brother. Okay, so three siblings together Mm -hmm. along with your three birth children. That's a busy house. It is. (laughs) No, it's so exciting and encouraging, actually. There's sacrifice, I know, that's involved with that, but what a wonderful ministry as a family for you, your wife, your kids, all together. It's really a beautiful thing. So thank you for being willing to do that. We always want to talk about the need for foster families here on the island. Maybe you can give us a little bit more on that. There definitely is a need. There are a number of children who would benefit from foster care, but unfortunately are in shelters. One of the foster children we have right now actually spent several months in a shelter before he was able to be placed with another family and then with us. And that being placed in foster care is not natural. It's not It's not what God intends, but the reality is we live in a broken world and people have difficulties and problems, and unfortunately, sometimes it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely much better for those children to be in a loving family than in an institutional environment. No matter how well the people mean there, it's just not the same. Right. And especially as Christians, you know, it's such a beautiful picture of what God has done for us. That was one of the things that impressed me as a teenager when my parents fostered and then adopted was just what a fantastic picture that was of how God has taken us and brought us into his family. Yeah, it is such a beautiful picture. Harvest House ministry continues to remind us that the numbers change a little bit, and I don't have the exact numbers today, but over 300 foster children on our island in the low 30s of licensed foster care families, and actually the numbers lower than that that are actually available for foster care. So there's a great need And I'm thankful for so many families at Harvest and and others that have answered the call and have been willing to serve some of the most vulnerable. I think God calls us to this, to the fatherless and to the widows. Thank you for that and for the example and the encouragement even today as we're talking about that. Let's back up a little bit in your life from where you're at right now. Tell me about your spiritual story. You said, you, you know, the home that you grew up in, how you and Rebecca met. 
Sure. We were both raised in Christian homes. I received uh, Christ as my Savior when I was either five or six. I don't remember the exact date, but I do remember speaking to my mom and spoke with me and I knelt and prayed by my bed and I accept the Lord as my Savior. Uh, Rebecca was actually saved as a result of Awana Ministries uh, when she was around the same age. Awana's is like children's club. We mm-hmm. do some things about Awana here. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we were both pretty involved growing up with children's ministries. She was involved with some different Bible clubs. I was involved in the bus ministry in Awana at our church. And then we met in college, actually, at Bob Jones University as freshmen and got married shortly after we graduated from college, Yeah, about a month later. And you mentioned that uh, you had another stint here on Guam. Tell us about kind of Guam, how you got to harvest, a couple go-rounds of Sure. That. So Rebecca was familiar with Guam to some extent, more particularly Harvest, because she had a roommate in college who had been a student here. Okay. She was from China originally, I believe, and her parents had actually come to Guam for the purpose of enrolling her at the academy. Wow, I didn't know that part of the story. That's great. Yeah, and then she became a Christian, ended up going to BJU, and so that Rebecca heard about Harvest through that, as well as Joy Angel, one of the missionaries. And so that had a big influence on her. When... I was in residency. We were trying to figure out where to go after, you know, for our first assignment. I was in the Air Force, and one of my residency directors started talking about his time in Guam, and he told us these really bizarre stories. I'm not even sure some of them were true (laughs) in hindsight, and the guy who was trying to the consultant was kind of upset because he was like, you're going to scare these people away from going to these hard to fill slots. But I think it was just the Lord. It just fired us up. We we're like, we want to go there. That sounds awesome. There's wow. snakes dangling from the power lines. <laughs> that sounds great. And yeah, so we got to Guam. We knew we wanted to visit Harvest because we knew of some people from Harvest. And we arrived the first Sunday, heard Pastor Heron preach in the FLC actually. And you were there as well. I think you were being introduced, Chris, as a new member. Wow. And we looked around, we're like, wow, we feel like we're at, we feel like we're home. We wow. know some of these people already. Yeah. And so, yeah, we never left. Uh, well, that's not true. We did leave. The Air Force asked us to leave temporarily. Um, we went to Oklahoma, Altus, Oklahoma, from mid-2018 to mid-2019. Joined a great church there, Martha uh, Road Baptist Church. But then I separated from the Air Force, and we'd been talking with the Air National Guard about me joining them. Almost something that I was interested in doing for a number of years, and Lord worked it out, and here we are. Yeah, it's so great to have your family back. I can remember hearing your name, Jeremy, you know, before you came back from multiple different people saying, boy, we miss the Robs. Man, they really love Guam. They might come back, you know, and boy, Harvest would be so blessed if they really come back. I want to actually ask you about that. You and Rebecca have chosen you know, to really be missional, I think, in some of your life choices, even even in this way, right? Is that mm-hmm. how you'd see it? Yes. One of the things that we both felt burdened about before college and in college was missions and specifically medical missions. I just didn't know in what way. And when we came to Guam, you know, I realized, well, this is a place where we can be very involved in mission work even just as a doctor here on the island, serving a lot of communities that are from elsewhere, right? right? Yeah. Being able to influence people in that way. And I actually, when we came back, being out of active duty was interested in getting involved in some mission trips. That's sort of taken a back burner this year. Sure. But that is something that I am interested in doing in the future as things open up again a little bit more. And this was a logical place 
you know, Harvest has always been very open about, hey, we're sort of the a window to the Pacific. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, yeah, and I love that. It's really a unique thing. But for people to think about, you know, even just career-wise, you're a medical doctor, you're mm-hmm. serving here, but asking God, where would be the place where within this career path that you've chosen for us, that you could guide our lives, mm-hmm. because it's beyond just a career. People make career decisions and, and moving decisions on many different for many different reasons, but at the foundation to say, God, where would you most use me and our family? I've seen that and watched that in your life. It's really cool. So I'm excited about that. I like hearing, I like other people hearing that as well. These decisions we make are based on our life mission and what God's called us to do. And it's great too, when you feel the, you know, the family connection of a church family that draws people back. I really love that part Mm -hmm. of your story. So you came back how long ago, and you're serving in the medical field here on the island, right? Yes. We arrived back almost exactly one year ago. Okay. I think it was September 21st or something like that. Well, good timing for Guam (laughs) because, but, uh, well, really any place that you're going to be medically, it's been a difficult season right now, right? (laughs) Yes, it, it has been sort of an unusual year. That would be an understatement. But thankfully for us, at least, you know, I was sort of well-established at the clinic where I'm working before this all hit. So that, that helped. Sure. It's been hard to start somewhere new, I think, Yeah. during this time. What would be in some of the, you know, just for you personally, uh, Jeremy, Dr. Rob, what, what are some of the challenges that, as you're trying to care for people kind of on the medical side here? You know, we've had six, seven, going on seven months now, kind of pandemic. What would be some of your personal challenges? Yeah, definitely some of the challenges that I faced are, individuals who are struggling with their health care for multiple reasons that are very much related to the pandemic. You know, people are out of work or they have less work is a common one. They're working fewer hours. And so it becomes more challenging for them to afford healthy food as well as sometimes even just afford their medications. And so that leads to some difficult decisions about maybe not doing what we would prefer, just mm-hmm. kind of sort of getting by, which as a doctor, I don't like doing. But so we do the best we can. We, we work it out. You know, we price check and we try to get them assistance. And that's definitely been hard for some patients, for sure. Mm-hmm. The term has become pretty common, sort of the frontliners term. But there definitely is a place our medical community is working through here as they're dealing with the broad ramifications of the pandemic and how it affects so many other things. And so I know as a church, we've been praying together, want to do everything that we can to support the medical community and the needs that are happening here on the island. You mentioned the National Guard too, right? So you're part of the National Guard? Correct. That was definitely part of the decision to come back to Guam. It was not an easy decision. It was something that we prayed about, talked about, went through for quite some time. But when I was here, active duty before, the Air National Guard did not really have any medical personnel. They had they had a few individuals, but not a complete sort of complement. Mm. You know? And so they relied heavily on the active duty side to assist them. So I I assisted them in that, and that's how I got to sort of know some of them. And so I was interested in joining the Guard and eventually becoming a flight surgeon. And then after I left, I continued talking with them and basically was able to work it out so that I could I could still do that, and uh, the Air Force agreed to pay for me to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I love both of those pieces of, of you know, kind of the, the invite back. We were talking earlier about your family. What kind of things does your family in, enjoy doing? What do you do as a family? 
Well, the kids love playing with Lego. Well, we all do, for that matter. <laughs> so that's something that they've enjoyed doing, especially right now. <laughs> we enjoy going to the beach, hiking, a lot of the things you'd expect on Guam. Um, and so we're, we're itching to be able to do some of those things a little bit more again. And right now, the kids are really enjoying their schoolwork. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca's working with them on that. And the twins are, are working on their reading skills. And so they're very excited about that. So all, well, your younger ones are not in school yet. The youngest one is not. Okay, mm -hmm. so five in school. Mm -hmm. You've got a busy house going on, I know that. Yeah, praise God for that. In your role, we mentioned right off the top that you've recently joined our deacon group, and really the ministry is kind of a family ministry, involves some care as a, as a family, your wife of two, but what would you see as some of the burdens that you would have for you know your role as a deacon? So definitely one of the burdens I've had so far is sort of you know, joining the deacon group during this particular time has been kind of struggling to find ways to connect with the families in our watch care group. And that has been a little bit of a challenge, mm -hmm. but uh, we've reached out to folks and tried to get their prayer requests and we, we pray for them, letting them know that you know, we're there for them. It's a little harder to do when you, I've never actually, a few of these folks I've never actually met. Right, yeah. um, Or at least it's been months since I've seen them. And so so that's kind of been my burden is just uh, supporting them, finding out what their needs are, trying to grow together as believers. Um, but at the same time, I recognize people are sometimes a little stressed right now. And so mm -hmm. I don't want to just add another thing they have to do to another Zoom call they have to attend. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're trying to figure out ways to, you know, to be a blessing to them and be there for them, basically. So we had a Zoom meeting this past Sunday, which was attended by our family and our dog, and that was fine. <laughs> so we just, you know, probably just a uh, fault on my, uh, my part of not advertising enough. So we just prayed for the families as, as a family. So that was a sweet time, just being an example to our kids about praying for others. And it helps us to sort of, I think, keep connected to them as well yeah. when you're praying for folks. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So in our church, really everybody in our membership and even beyond that, anybody that would be sort of connected in some way at Harvest are put into, we call them watch care groups, but they're small groups where we do, just like you described, we want to pray for each other and care for each other. It's one of the ways that we've tried to stay connected during this season, and, and it is an important role. So we believe that church isn't just coming and attending that might be how a lot of people their experience has been with church but it, it really is belonging and it's belonging to a family and uh, so we want to provide opportunities for families to connect with new groups like yours is it's a little you know there's some challenge getting things going but we'll pray that God would form that group together and really be some sweet fellowship in the months to come anything specific that God's teaching you during this time yeah, so recently I joined a Bible study with Pastor Yo. He started a few weeks ago about prayer, and uh, we're working through a book called Praying with Paul by, I believe the author's name is Carson. Okay, yeah. And that has actually been a need that I've felt for a while of improving my prayer life, of getting beyond what we often do is just, you know, list of needs, pray through them, and, and it's right. not very deep. And so that's been a blessing to me so far, just being really honest with each other, talking about our struggles and trying to find practical ways to improve our prayer. And, and one of the things that this past week we talked about, which was actually encouragement for me, is that 
it's okay to recognize the fact that prayer is a skill. Mm-hmm. It's not some uh, – Christian life is very practical. It's not some mystical thing that you just sort of become a better Christian. You have to work at it, and that's okay. It's okay that you're not a deep, great prayer warrior right away. And so that's that's a journey that I'm personally on and my wife and I are kind of working on together actually of trying to pray more deeply and more develop a closer walk with God in that way. Yeah, we just talked about this recently too. There is a number of references in the scriptures to laboring together in prayer. So there's an aspect of our prayer lives. I think prayer can be different things. There are many times when we are just hungry for that communion with God. It's easy, it's free. But there's other times when, you know, I think Jesus had some examples of this, even though it was communion with the Father, but there was just some labor that took place. We have people that prayed through the night, and there was Mm. some work and, you know, biblical examples of that. And there's a sweetness in that sort of commitment to prayer, not just that it's easy, but there's sacrifices that I'm making because I know the benefit Mm -hmm. of this communion. So, yeah, that's a great lesson. Well, this has been great, Jeremy. Maybe we can finish it with this. If you were to say the best thing about being a Christian is, what would you say? It's hard to boil it down to one thing. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the best thing about being a Christian is just the assurance that I'm forgiven. Uh, Just... uh, There's a lot of anxiety and fear in the world, but I don't have to be afraid of dying or of of where I'll go in the hereafter. Mm. And that's, I'm very grateful for that. Amen. That's a great best thing. I love that very much. Thanks for joining us, being willing to come in, praying for you and your family, for your role as a dad, as a leader in our church and a, a leader in our community too. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time today want to remind you, of course, that this is a great week, and you can join us and attend at Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We have two services, one at 9 a.m. and the other at 11 a.m. You may attend either. There are some usual COVID-19 protocols that will apply and be in place. You can look at those at our website, where you can also go for the 9 a.m. live stream, and that's at hbcguam.org hbcguam.org. This week, Jesus Changes Everything, Part 4, from Matthew 5, verses 17 through 20. Thank you again for listening to Harvest Time.